0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Huda Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Mock Draft Monday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week covering your New Orleans Saints it is officially the offseason, so we're going to start off our first segment today with all the news and notes that you need to catch up over the weekend. Alvin Kamara and the Saints potentially in trouble again after a video shows a non-employee contact issue at the facility. So how the potential punishment could factor in to the Saints offseason. New Orleans might not have been competing for the Super Bowl last night, but their influence was definitely present. How the Saints laid the groundwork for Tampa's stellar defensive performance. And Drew Brees' announcement is expected soon. What's the timeline and what to expect then? We've got Mock Draft Monday. The Draft Network lands the New Orleans Saints in new edge rusher, unlike anyone that the Saints have drafted in quite a while. And your listener mocks from the weekend take us all over the map. So that gives us a fun discussion about players at positions we haven't looked at in detail yet. As always, I'm your host Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at com, and your Tuesday co-host for the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, family, let's talk first about the news that everyone is discussing but nobody wanted to hear to kick off today's episode of Locked on Saints back at you with a fresh week here. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Saturday, uh, it was a combination of the usual guys, right? Ian Rappaport as well as Adam Schefter tweeting out about how the league office had obtained video evidence that Alvin Kamara had contact with someone at the Saints facility That was considered a non-employee, which, of course, is a violation of the COVID protocols over the offseason, all parts of things that were, you know, uh, agreed to in the new CBA at the beginning of the year in terms of their figuring out sort of their plan to play and all of that. And beyond that, Kamara also in trouble because he refused to wear the tracking device that all players wore inside the facility, right, only inside the facility, to make sure that people weren't often within six feet from uh, apart from one another. It would beep if you're there. It's basically a device that has a series of repeaters, three repeaters that shoot and send signal back and forward with one another to make sure that there was nobody that was within six foot at times where it wasn't necessary, uh, which is what they use to sort of, you know, designate guys that are close contact when somebody does test positive. This caused a lot of trouble because, of course, Alvin Camaro was one of the players that tested positive this season for, before the final game of the year. And so we weren't really able to figure out who it was that he was a close contact to because he wasn't wearing his device. And so the Saints could be in trouble for this for not forcing him to wear the device or not disciplining him for not wearing it. Uh, the NFL might look at it that way. There is the opportunity for the Saints to sort of lessen any punishment that comes their way in terms of as the organization, whether that be draft picks or further fines. This would be the third time that the Saints would be found non-compliant with the league's anti-Saints. I mean, excuse me, COVID uh, laws. And so, with that being the case, or COVID rules, rather. And so, with that being the case, they could maybe diminish some of their punishment by disciplining Alvin Kamara, but it seems unlikely, right? Like it seems like the NFL is going to do to the Saints what it wants to do to the Saints. So, unfortunately. We're just kind of stuck here waiting to see exactly what's going to happen. This could affect the Saints offseason as it could end up fining them or, or costing them one of their earlier draft picks. Remember, the only draft picks that the Saints actually own at this time are a first round pick, a second round pick, and their fourth round pick. The two thirds will be compensatory, which haven't been awarded yet. Those won't be awarded until the league year meeting, the owners meeting. And then the sixth round pick that they might get for AJ Klein would also be compensatory. So it's either going to be the first, the second, or the fourth. The last time that the Saints got in trouble and were fined, I believe this one was for the locker room celebration, even though everybody was doing the locker room celebrations, um, that was their seventh round pick was involved in that. So it seems like their fourth round pick may be the big part of it. So we'll continue to track it. We'll continue to see what happens uh, and what goes on, but certainly not a good look for Alvin Kamara, not a good look for the New Orleans Saints, just in terms of being in the public eye over something that not a lot of people are actually going to have the full context to unfortunately. But we do here at Locked on Saints, and we understand this isn't a organization issue. This was more so a player making the wrong choice, honestly, uh, type of issue. So we'll see how this all plays out here over the offseason. Next up, uh, last night was Super Bowl 55. If you happen to watch, then you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat up all over the Kansas City Chiefs with the help of some questionable calls early on in the first half for sure uh, against Kansas City's defense. But even still, it was Tampa Bay's defense that's really the story here. Todd Bowles and the way that that unit played. Uh, Devin White had a great game as well as several other players. But This isn't a Buccaneers podcast. So I'm not here to talk about the Buccaneers winning a Super Bowl as disappointed as I am about it. I'm instead here to talk a little bit about how the New Orleans Saints influenced the way that Tampa Bay played and was able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Tampa Bay essentially playing the same style of defense as the New Orleans Saints played back in week 15 against the Chiefs where they played two deep safeties. They left the middle of the field wide open and, and sort of invited Kansas City to run. They played a very similar style of defense that New Orleans played as well. Also got pressure with their front four, maybe used a little bit more blitzing. Actually, I definitely used a little bit more blitzing options than the Saints did. Uh, we saw Tampa Bay blitz two corners at one point on a double corner blitz like Todd Bowles was out there playing Madden, but it paid off. Uh, and so I, I thought it was really interesting just to sort of watch the influence of the New Orleans Saints continue across the league and the way that Tampa Bay was able to pick up on it and improve upon the foundation that was laid back in week 15 in terms of the blueprint of how to rattle and beat Patrick Mahomes. The the difference is that uh, the Saints didn't get as much help from special teams. The Saints' offense wasn't as on fire as Tampa Bay's was early, right? Tampa Bay jumped out to a two-score lead before halftime. The Saints didn't really have that. So because of that, when they were inviting Kansas City to run They just ran. And then, of course, the Saints inefficiencies on the defensive side in the red zone continue to be an issue for them all throughout the season. So those were the key differences. But really, what stood out for me was how much the Saints influenced the way that this Super Bowl result ended up. And now that the Super Bowl result is in and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the NFL Super Bowl champions. It means that the next domino to fall for the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Saints fans is going to be Drew Brees' announcement, which is expected soon. Last week, Sean Payton mentioned that it was going to be expected that Drew Brees would make his announcement on his decision to retire or return in a week or two. So we're now within that. Although Carson Wentz, there's some talk about him potentially getting traded. I could see them maybe waiting. Drew Brees may be waiting until after that domino falls as well. So we'll see exactly how much time it takes. But I do expect Drew Brees to retire. That's what makes sense right now. It doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen, but that's what makes sense at the moment, based upon him restructuring his deal this past weekend, uh, eliminating twenty-four million dollars from his contract, essentially signing it for vet minimum, which was about one million dollars. So when he retires, that if he retires, that one million dollars would end up going back to the Saints as well. It just seems like a structure being laid for him to be able to retire and help the New Orleans Saints in the process. So we'll see exactly when the decision is made should be within the next week or so. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to dive into our mock draft Monday. The Draft Network sends the Saints an edge rusher, but not one of the usual prototype, which is going to strike up an interesting conversation about prototypes for us, the New Orleans Saints and how much they may or may not matter now, how much they may be changing going into this draft cycle. We'll talk about that and more here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. So the Super Bowl may be over, but perhaps you're still looking to make some money off of some of the other sports that are still going on. You still have college basketball. You still got MMA. You still have a ton that you can bet on over at betonline.ag, the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Sign up for a free account over at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. I kept telling you all the Gatorade was going to be blue. The Gatorade was blue. So if you bet for that prop bet, then you walked away with a little bit of extra cash in your pocket. But go ahead and check out the rest of what betonline.ag has going on. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Alright, family want to hear more in-depth breakdowns about the super bowl you can check out locked on today we're hosted by peter bakowski and with contributions from all around the locked on podcast network all the news that you need every morning under 20 minutes subscribe to locked on today the podcast wherever you get your podcast all right y'all so we're diving in and continuing on with our monday episode here our mock draft monday segment to kick us off we're going to start off over at our good friends at the DraftNetwork.com. They did a mock draft, and I'm going to give a little shout out to Pro Football Focus as well. But let's start off, let's start off with the Draft Network. Kyle Krabs, our good friend over host of Locked on Dolphins, as well as Draft Dudes, did this mock draft. His 5.0, and to the New Orleans Saints, at pick number 28, he mocks Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher out of Georgia. Not only that, but he also predicted the 2021 starting quarterbacks across the NFL as well for the New Orleans Saints. No big surprise here, (laughs) he guessed Jameis Winston, uh, and or Taysom Hill, of course, but yes, basically what we're all expecting. So let me read the little blurb here that he wrote about Ojolari, and then we'll talk about his fit and why this would be a tendency-breaking selection for the New Orleans Saints, but one, that would really probably make sense. The Saints are going to have to work some magic to see their cap situation sorted out. Now, we all know what that's actually going to look like. And with Trey Hendrickson set to hit the free agent market, it appears as though Pass Rush will be on their list of needs for the Saints. We're assuming that Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill return in 2021, and that allows the Saints to go out and draft another speedy present off the edge in Georgia's Aziz Ojolari. So let's talk a little bit about Aziz Ojolari, who is a very, very good edge rusher. He is a first round guy out of Georgia. Four star redshirt sophomore coming into the NFL. Uh, six foot three, 240. He was not a senior bowl guy, but that's okay. I know we I show a lot of love to the senior bowl guys out there, but Aziz Ojalary, very, very talented player for certain. The interesting thing is that he's talked about as a traditional 3-4 outside linebacker pass rusher. And because of that, he is considered to be an ideal fit by the draft network for an off-ball 4-3 outside linebacker. Interesting that that's what it ends up uh, uh, displaying for him because we talk about him as an edge rusher but now we're also kind of talking about him as an off-ball linebacker as well. So a little bit of a hybrid, uh, a little bit of a hybrid role for him that he can serve on several things. And that's a good fit for the Saints. So this part in terms of his fit in the scheme makes a lot of sense. Dennis Allen plays a lot of hybrid, even odd fronts, right? Multiple fronts, as we call them. He shifts to three down linemen and either an additional defensive back, or depending upon the down and distance, sometimes he'll go to an additional linebacker on those three man fronts where Azizo Ojalary could be one of those guys that blitzes off the edge. Although, no matter what, it seems, when they go to those three down lineman sets, they'll put two safeties and two linebackers up against the line of scrimmage, have seven on the line of scrimmage, and then drop three of any of those combination of safeties, linebackers, or even sometimes defensive linemen back into coverage and rush four out of those seven. So with that being the case, Azizo gelari is a guy that fits in pretty well because he does have Good technique as a pass rusher, although it, you know, just like any guy coming into the NFL, he'll need to refine that and continue to work on it. He's got some really, really nice athleticism, and he should see a lot of success in a uh, in an avenue or in a, in a lane that could be carved out for him in a Dennis Allen defense. Now, let's talk a little bit about why this would be a tendency-breaking move, even though it does make sense. Aziz Ojolari, six foot three, two hundred and forty pounds. That is under very well under what the Saints usually like along their defensive line. You look at the defensive line, guys like Cam Jordan. You look at uh, David Onyemata, even uh, Marcus uh, Marcus Davenport. They like these tall, six foot four, six foot five guys that are around the two sixty to two seventy range. Which is actually also the mold of the guy that they're talking about replacing in this mock draft, Trey Hendrickson, who was six foot four, 270 coming out of Florida Atlantic University, when the Saints drafted him in the third round of the 2017 draft. So as Ezojollari a little bit undersized, particularly at the weight part of the conversation 240, that would be maybe one of the things that would be a bit of a tendency breaker. However, the Saints haven't really had a guy like. Aziz Ojalari in quite a while. They haven't had that speed edge rusher, right? Trey Hendrickson, somebody that has a motor and that can fight through and win on a second and third effort. Uh, Cam Jordan, power. Uh, uh, Marcus Davenport, speed to power conversion, but a pure, pure sort of speed edge rusher, that's not something that they've invested in since the second round of the 2015 draft, which was Hayoli Kakaha, who, of course, unfortunately was just riddled with injuries, very injury prone while in college. Continued to be injury prone, injury prone while in the the league as well. Was a little bit insufficient producing as a pass rusher, so they tried to move him to an off ball linebacker role. Essentially, a late development version of what's happening with Zach Bond right now. But Zach Bond was drafted specifically with the intent of moving him to an off ball linebacker role and then allowing him to contribute every now and then in the pass rush game. Haley Kakaha, six foot three, two hundred and forty six pounds a speed-edge rusher. That was his role. That was supposed to be his role coming into the NFL. There's a little bit less question around Ojalari, who is somebody that, yes, can play that hybrid role, but has produced very, very well as a pass rusher and would very much probably like to stay in that role. And that would be a role that the Saints haven't really had on their sideline, or let me say on the line of scrimmage in quite a while. Probably the last effective speed-edge rusher they really had on the field was Junior Gallette And Junior Gallette again, size, everything like that was around what we're looking at now in terms of being the Saints' prototypical style. But maybe the Saints have to break tendency here a little bit to find a guy that injects a little bit more energy into that defensive line, a little bit more consistency, a little bit more of an additional level, right? an extra gear that the Saints' defensive line tends to be missing when it comes to speed rushing. So that's Aziz Ojolari. Uh, he had Six sacks, eight quarterback hits, 14 run stops according to Pro Football Focus in 2020. The season before that, six sacks, seven uh hits as well as 10 run stops in the 2019 season. So you see him producing pretty well both in pass rush as well as in the uh as well as in the run game. So you, you do like to see that 91.7 specifically pass rush grade, 91.7 as well when it came to his true pass rush grade as well. So very good stuff here. He is a first round projection by just about everybody across the uh, across the board, including pro football focus. So somebody to keep an eye out on here is Izo Jalari, the edge rusher out of Georgia. And we're not done with mock drafts just yet. We're also going to talk about your listener mock drafts here in a little bit that take us all over the map and give us a really good opportunity to talk about a ton of different prospects at a ton of different positions. So we hit about three of those drafts. Here in just a moment as we continue with our mock draft Monday on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The off kind of feels like a sprint, even though it's more of a sprinting marathon. If you want to maintain your energy throughout the off season. I got just the item for you. It's Built Bar, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Improved now, new and improved and even deliciouser with new flavors on the way. Can't talk about them yet. Can't talk about them yet, but new flavors on the way. They're teasing them on social media, and I have to tell you, they're fantastic. You're gonna love them, let me just say, especially if you're a chocolate lover. That's what I'll tell you. 18 amazing flavors as of right now with those new flavors on the way here as well. All of these are incredible. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, easy to chew. Great for the health conscious person that's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein and high in fibers. So go and check them out. Built Bar. They have reset their promo code along with their relaunch. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Get at Nation, the Locked On Podcast Network has your Super Bowl recap covered from every angle. After this podcast, check out Locked On Today for the biggest storylines, Peacock and Williamson for the X's and O's, and of course, you can check out Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Bucks, and Locked On NFL for in-depth local expertise. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. Speaking of local expertise, talking a bit more about the New Orleans Saints here, and doesn't get any more local than us, right? Here at Locked On Saints, not only you get contributions from me, the host, but this is our show. So you get contributions as well. That's one of my favorite parts of mock draft Monday. We get to go through the listener mocks. So without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, we're gonna start off with Brian Abel here. Now, Brian details that this is with the understanding of the Saints re-signing Jameis Winston, or under the impression the Saints are re signing Jameis Winston and lose both Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson, y'all. Don't want them to lose Marcus Williams. So <laughs> just want to say it. All right. So Brian's mock draft here is number 28. The Lanyap himself, Mr. Lanyap Kadarius Tony out of Florida, the wide receiver could do a little bit of everything. Uh, you've got at number 60 here, pick 60 overall, Richie Grant, the safety out of UCF. Very, very capable guy, good deep ball coverage guy. Can also play in the box, would be a good option in terms of trying folks to replace. Marcus Williams at pick number 98 in this instance is with TDN's uh, mock draft simulator. Osa Odigizua, so the uh, interior defensive lineman that can play out on the edge as well out of UCLA. I think Mario Edwards, Malcolm Roach can do a little bit of everything. Jamie Newman, the quarterback out of Wake Forest slash Georgia, almost Georgia, at 104. Another one of those third-round compensatory picks. Saints get a developmental third-round quarterback. We've seen that before with Garrett Grayson, but... You get somebody with a lot of different tools with Jamie Newman, so that's a really interesting selection and fit for the Saints. And then 132, this one is the fourth round pick, I believe. Cameron Sample, the edge rusher out of Tulane. Now remember, Brian did say that in this offseason mock, he's looking at the potential of the Saints losing Trey Hendrickson, so you get a big, powerful guy in Cam Sample. Similar build to six foot two, 274, just two inches shorter than Hendrickson, but right around the same weight again a motor guy that can win on second and third effort, but can also win immediately off the line of scrimmage. So very, uh, very Trey Hendrickson-like in his mold and in his approach. Let's go over to Scott Wishart now. Uh, He takes us through as well. This is uh, Might Lose, Might See Williams Rankins and T-Rex Leave. And then he drafts to start us off here at pick number 28, Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones. Uh, So Mac Jones coming in to be the backup to Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Remember, Mac Jones, very, very complimentary of his meeting with the Saints. We don't know how the Saints felt about that meeting, but Mac Jones, very, very excited about uh, his meeting with New Orleans. At 60, uh, you've got safety Trevon Morig out of TCU now. Mohrink's probably a first rounder, but every year we do this, we talk about safeties that are first rounders and then they end up dropping to the second round. It happened with, well, CJ Gardner-Johnson was the only first round safety expectation in his class. And then he, of course, dropped all the way to the fourth round, thankfully, for the Saints. We saw Antoine Winfield drop to the second round last year, Jeremy Chin, uh, uh, Kyle Duggar, all those guys that could have been potential first round safeties. They continue to fall out of the first round. It's kind of the defensive running back, if you will, in terms of these guys falling out of the first. So seeing a top safety like Trevon Morig, Javon Holland, Richie Grant, those guys fall to the second round, not at all out of the question. At pick number ninety-eight, Scott goes with Tyler Shelvin, the interior defensive lineman out of LSU. Now Shelvin's a really interesting pick for me because he's not a pass rusher, right? He's a run stopper. He's a nose tackle, zero tech, two hundred and sixty-plus pound guy. So he would be a really interesting. Uh, pick for the Saints, he would have to show a lot to really show that he could fit in the New Orleans Saints uh, defense. Because remember, just like we talked about in the last segment, they run a lot of multiple sets. Sometimes they go even, sometimes they go odd on the front, three, four, five guys on the front, depending upon the, the situation. Tyler Shelvin would have to show that he can fit in the three and four man front situations, in order to really be somebody that's gonna attract the New Orleans Saints. He didn't play in 2020, however. So it'll be up to his pro day and up to his workouts to really show that he can do that. But if he does show that he can be that guy, right? He slims down or or whatever is necessary for him to prove that, then he absolutely should be on the Saints radar. Up next at 104, Diami Brown, the wide receiver out of North Carolina. Let me tell you something, this guy is a big time deep threat. I think his average depth of target during his time in college was around 19 yards, 18.4 yards per average depth of target for average average throw. That's insane. I mean, they really really like targeting this guy deep he fits a little bit of the mold, right? One, one of the two things that shaped the Saints prototype in terms of drafting wide receivers. He's over six foot at six foot one, but he's under 200 pounds at 185. Big time deep threat. Would have a really advantageous fit in a New Orleans Saints offense with Jameis Winston under center. Listen to the yards per catch. 20.3 in 2019. That was a 1034 yard season. So we're not talking about a small sample size here. in 2019. In the 2020 season where he had 1,099 yards and eight touchdowns, 20 yards per catch. Some of that is yards after the catch as well. He is very speedy. He's a bit explosive after that. Averages about five yards after catch per catch. So you're looking at him extending those opportunities. But his average depth of target, again, over the course of his entire 2018 career uh, or 2018 season, 18 Point seven yards per target. So he gets he gets that target down the field. And that would be a good fit for a guy like Jameis Winston or with a guy like Jameis Winston. And then Rashad Weaver, the edge rusher. Uh Rashad Weaver is a really interesting one to me. He's somebody that's very raw, but you can you can do that in the fourth round. Uh you could see them going for a guy like Weaver or a couple of the other more uh developmental guys that you'll see whose names you'll hear like. Uh, I don't know, maybe KJ Britt. Well, he's more of a linebacker than anything else. But maybe like Chris Rumpf out of Duke, for instance. Like those guys who are really, really developmental. I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Saints maybe also target at the end. 90 pass rush grade, 91.4 true rush pass rushing grade. Uh, he's coming out of Pittsburgh. So he's with a very, very solid defensive line there. Six foot five, 255. So he's got the height a little bit undersized. Redshirt senior. Uh, the only thing about him is that he lacks a bit of explosiveness, right? He's not going to blow up off the line of scrimmage. Those are things that are going to have to be worked on at the next level. But again, the Saints maintaining Ryan Nielsen, he did not get the job in, uh, in in Green Bay. That ended up going to Joe Barry. So that means that the Saints are in a pretty good place to continue to develop defensive alignment. All right, let's go to Mike Paradiso now. Uh, Carlos Basham in the first round, that would shock me. Him going in the first round, but he has a lot of qualities that I think a lot of people like. Uh, it's just the fact that he can play inside and out. Usually, will knock him down from the first round. That's not usually something that folks will invest in early on. They want the guys uh, on the defensive line that are not tweeners. They want the guys that know you know they're the the nose tackles that are incredibly tough to pass up on, like a Derek Brown, or they're the edge rushers over on the outside that you know make their money. But hey. Carlos Basham, still a very, very good player out of Wake Forest, no doubt about that. Kellen Mann, the quarterback in the second round out of Texas A&M. Jacoby Stevens, the linebacker slash safety out of LSU in round three. We've talked about how well, how good of a fit he would be and uh, all the different things that he does. Israel Mukuamu, out of cornerback uh, out of South Carolina. He's He was really the guy until J.C. Horn blew up on the scene. Big time, big physical builds uh really really just imposing force out there uh paradiso uh credits him as sort of compares him rather to a guy like uh brandon browner's mold but hopefully a little bit more disciplined than that and uh mike's also predicting that roger goodell is going to take away the fourth round pick with the covid incident and the issues with uh with alvin Kamara and the tracking device there and then sixth round compensatory pick for aj klein should the saints get it ben mason fullback out of michigan So really good stuff there from Mike. We also got Dylan Finch to wrap us up. He's got four selections here. Pick number 28, JC Horn. We know how incredible he is. Pick 60, Dylan Moses. I'm a little standoffish about him, but hey, give him a shot. And then you have pick number 99, Elijah Moore, the wide receiver. Again, doesn't fit the Saints mold, 5'11", under 200 pounds, but big time speed guy. Uh, Pro football focus compares him to a faster Cole Beasley. He's a quintessential slot receiver in the NFL and has some pretty interesting uh, touchdown celebrations as well. Remember, he's the guy that lifted the leg like he was a dog peeing after a touchdown. And then Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle out of Florida State, got a good look at him in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, represented by the one and only Nicole Lynn, who's a phenomenal agent as well in the business and uh, really interesting. I mean, would be a pretty good fit in terms of somebody whose stock continues to rise and maybe could come in and fill in if the Saints were to lose a guy like Sheldon Rankins, for instance, is a penetrating three-tech type defensive tackle as opposed to a nose tackle. So really good stuff from everybody here. Love being able to share these listener mocks. We'll do it again next week and tomorrow. We'll get started with some of our off-season programming, continuing on, of course, with Twitter Tuesday to get those Twitter questions in. We'll be back for year in review, uh, top three Thursdays, as well as free agency and Facebook Fridays as well. So don't miss a beat here. At Locked On Saints all throughout the offseason. I appreciate y'all as always for coming through. Once again, I am your host, Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N O L A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe, drop that five star rating, and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked On Saints. And trust you, that nation. I'll holla at you.